Has anybody here ever had an epic fail moment? Epic fail. Okay, is that what you call it? Do you call it something else? Epic fail. That's it, right? Like there was like a cute girl or a cute guy, and you were like, I just like want to like say something to her. And you're like, hey, like, um, I like really think that I'm good looking. I I mean, uh, like, and you're like, ah, epic fail. Okay. So, okay. Fall off your bike trying to go up a ramp. Okay, yeah, that would be one. I had an epic fail this week. Wait, I have to show you. All right, this is my epic fail this week. So um, Rebecca and I are watching through the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Did anybody ever watch those before? Please tell me you did. Did you watch any of them, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, you got it, Geo. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we're watching through all of them. And Rebecca the other day was like, okay, we can watch the next one, but I want you to make me pancakes in the morning. And I was like, yeah, sure. So she goes, Matt, the hardest part about making a pancake, what do you think it is? Making it perfect? Okay, sure. But, like, just, like, what, what's hard about making a pancake? Give me a guess. Animation? Luciano, give me it. What, what's the hardest part of making a pancake? Just give me a guess. Flipping it. Thank you, Gio. That's right. Flipping it. So, Rebecca's like, the hardest part of making a pancake is flipping it. And I'm like, poof, that's the easiest part. Like, I thought the hardest part is just, like, mixing it or whatever. So, here's the deal. I've never actually made a pancake before. So, yesterday morning, I'm going to make pancakes, and I'm trying to flip it, okay? And, uh... I realized it's not that easy. Like the first one I try, it like gets off the pan. I was like, oh, like then I'm like trying to grab it, but it's all sticky, so it's all messed up. I'm like, ah, so then I like keep trying to do it, and I'm like, oh, I'm messing this whole thing up. So finally, the first like couple pancakes I have to give to Rebecca, they're like completely deformed and like misshapen. I was like, uh, here you go. <laughs> I did. I used a spatula. So here, this is what I was using, and then Rebecca's like, no, this is not, yeah. Yeah, she said, no, you're using the wrong spatula. This is the spatula you're supposed to use. I switched to this spatula as per Rebecca's advice, and it was way easier after that. So it was kind of, kind of an epic fail moment for me. Maybe that sounds a little bit silly, but I bet you've had some kind of epic fail moment like that before, or your life, maybe it's even been a little bit like that pancake, what we talked about, our series that we started last week, is called Subject to Change. Actually, today, I downloaded an app, and uh, I pressed agree to the terms and conditions, did not even read it, like we were talking about last week, I'm like, no idea what I just agreed to, just press the button, but like... We're saying that, like, um, you, right, like, our life is subject to change, almost maybe even like the pancake in my story. Like, maybe you have an idea. Like, I was like, oh, it's going to be so easy. I know exactly what it's going to take. I'm going to make it round, perfect, golden. It's going to be great, fluffy. But then I actually tried to do it, and it didn't work. I, like, flip it off the thing, and then it's like I can't really change it back because it's a pancake. Like, I can't fix it. It's just what it is. And maybe you felt that way before in your life, too. Maybe there's been something that's been, like, a little bit of a fail moment or something, hello? But um, you can't take it back. Maybe, maybe for you, a, an epic fail moment would be like, maybe you had like a C in your class or you were hoping to like pull it back up to a C. Your mom was like, hey, you gotta get this right. And you're like, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'll just do all my homework. But then it ended up being like an epic fail. Like you didn't actually get to do it. Maybe you didn't get to recover. Maybe, um, Something happened in your family. Everybody okay? So here, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're on your phone, can you put your phone away? And can you pay attention? Can you pay attention up front? I'm not calling anyone out, and I would appreciate it if you don't call anyone out. Thank you. Cool. So awesome. 
Here's the deal. Our life is subject to change. And when our life changes, we talked about it last week, change can be good and change can be bad. But a lot of times when change happens, it can be uncomfortable. All right, so now I'm going to call you out. What's going on? Can you give that to me right now? All right, thank you. All right, so I'm going to ask you to pay attention for the second time, okay? Thank you. Awesome. Control yourself. I know you can do it. It's in, the, it's in your power. We're talking about change. Sometimes change comes your way like somebody takes your wallet because you threw it and couldn't control yourself. And then now you're like, now I have to deal with this and I'm a little bit embarrassed. That's okay. Sometimes you can control it. Sometimes you can't. But change can be good or bad. What happens when we experience change and you feel like you can't do anything about it? Sometimes when we experience change, what makes it so tough, I think, is that it can feel like it's final. Like if you failed a class, it's like, that's it, you failed it. It's kind of like I made a pancake, but then... That's it. Like, I messed it up. It's all deformed. I can't really fix it. I just got to make a new one. Like, right? Maybe, like, you had an injury on your sports team. Like, you were hoping, like, you made the team. You were pretty excited. But then you got injured. Like, that's it. It's, it, you can't do anything about it. There's some people here. Maybe your parents are separated. Your parents aren't living together. Maybe your parents are even divorced. And, like, that's a change that you couldn't control. And that's a change that's, like, permanent in your life now. It's not temporary. And so it can feel, man, it feels like it's final. It feels like that's it. So what do you do when it feels like there's nothing that you can do? And so this whole series, we're talking through the life of Joseph. Has anyone ever, like, heard of Joseph, like, coat of many colors, at least heard of him or something like that? Yeah, some of you guys have. Some of you maybe haven't before. And that's why we're talking about it. His life, like, this story is, like, thousands of years old, tons of, like, people, like, humanity has known this story for a long time. And people today, less and less, know these stories but they were written so that we could learn something. Literally, like the Bible says, that these, these stories were written so you could learn. So, like, there's wisdom to pull from it and stuff that we can learn today. And so it's really interesting how, like, God moved back then, and, and it's going to mean something for us today as we kind of talk about it. Anybody who was here last week, do you remember what we talked about at all? Or do you remember, like, the walkway point, like, anything at all? Joseph, his story, you were here last week. Give me, like, a recap. Remember? Joseph had a bunch of brothers, yeah, and his brothers did something. They wanted to kill him. They sold him to slavery because he was jealous, right, because they were jealous he was the favorite son. Yes, that is exactly it. And our walkway point was this, that life changes, but God doesn't. That's right, man. All right, just let's go. All right, life changes, but God doesn't. So I want to pick up the story his life is, like, so perfect. It's the perfect example of talking about, like, man, subject, things are subject to change. Our life can change. What do you do? So it's going to be, should be on the screen, I think. Genesis 39. Let's pick up the story. So here's what it says. Verse 1. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And that's basically where our story left off last time, right? We kind of said... All right, so even though Joseph's life was subject to change, he was the favorite son, and then he got sold as a slave, it kind of ended with this part of it. So we kind of know, well, there's more going on. Life changes, but God doesn't. Like, there's a plan, and there's something else going on in Joseph's life that maybe he doesn't know about. So let's keep reading. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this. And realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar as soon as he made, uh, and soon he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Skip to verse 6. Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. 
with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. And so maybe, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. Maybe like if you got a little taste of responsibility from your parents or from a teacher or whatever, your coach or something, and then like you actually prove that you can handle it and, the, and they're like impressed with you and they actually give you more. Have you ever like experienced something like that before? It's pretty cool. It feels good when that happens. That's kind of happening to Joseph, but verse two says that the Lord was with Joseph. That's kind of like the real reason that he's being really successful. Like Joseph's proving that he can handle it, but it's because God is with him. But then... It gets dramatic as we keep going. So, like, put your listening ears on. It's really interesting. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. So, hold, hold on. So, we don't have any, like, photographs of Joseph. Like, the best we got is maybe, like, a hieroglyph or something. So, I can't really show you what he looked like. But, but you got to think about this, right? If we're reading from, like, the Bible, like, God's word... And it's like taking time to point out that this guy's good looking. I mean, he's got to be like pretty attractive. You know what I'm saying? He's got to be a pretty good looking guy. So I got like the next best thing. Like here's probably, again, this isn't actually Joseph, but I'm sure he probably looks something like this. You know this guy? This is, uh, this is what I think Joseph looked like right here. That's him right there. Does anyone know who this guy is? Yeah, Joseph right here. A little uh, good looking. Yeah, well built. Can you see that guy's an Egyptian slave being successful in his master's household? Oh, yeah. This guy right here. That's Aquaman, everybody, if you don't know. He looks, what? No, he doesn't. No, he looks like Aquaman. He looks like Jason Momoa. All right, whatever. So I just want you to picture somebody really hot, somebody like really good looking like this guy. Okay. All right, let's keep going in the story. All right, this, but this is, it's real life. The Bible's real life. Okay. Verse 8, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held nothing back from me except you because you're his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. So Joseph recognizes, man, God is the one who gave him favor. Like, like if, I, if, if we did this, like, I'd be sinning not just against my master. I'd be sinning against God. It doesn't matter how you feel or how I feel. We don't really know how he felt. He was just like, I'm not doing that. God has blessed me. Why would I do something wrong like this as a result? She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around, and he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Now I feel like this story, it's, it's getting a little more real life. I mean, maybe you've been in a relationship before, maybe you haven't, but I, I bet that there's somebody here you've been in a relationship and maybe you have felt some pressure to maybe go farther than what you're comfortable with. Or maybe you've thought about that, man, what would happen if I got in a relationship like that? Or maybe you've pressured somebody maybe to go farther than what's, what you should be doing. Maybe you've experienced it in a dating or a romantic relationship, but there's something inside you're like, man, I feel like maybe like we shouldn't do this. Like maybe I feel like I'd be sinning against God. I kind of feel like I'd be sinning against you if we did this. You can't really say, you can't put your finger on it, but that's how you, it doesn't matter that you feel this way or I feel this way. Like I feel like maybe this isn't the right move and, and that's what's happening in the Bible. And I bet it took a lot of guts for Joseph to actually like walk away, run away from that situation, but that's exactly what he did. And um, so let's continue. Let's kind of wrap up the story here. Verse 13, when she saw that he was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband's brought this Hebrew slave in here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. 
When he heard me scream, he ran outside, he ran away, he left his cloak with me, and then her husband comes home. She says, like, hey, he was trying to fool around with me, but I screamed, he ran outside. Is her story true? No. No. Right? So Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph, and he threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and he remained there. But look at this next verse. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. That's it, that verse 21, the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. What an incredible verse. What an incredible passage. Here's, here's like the principle from, from Joseph's life that we can kind of take away. Change can feel final, but it doesn't have to be. Even failure, failure can feel final, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. That's what we see from Joseph's life, right? Joseph, he experiences success as a slave. I mean, you would kind of think like, can you really get any lower than that? Like, he was sold as a slave by his brothers. Like, can you get any lower? But he actually had success. Then he goes to prison, and he has success in prison, it says. And so I, I guess you can get a little lower than a slave. You can be a slave in a foreign country in prison. <laughs> so he, he keeps getting lower. His life keeps changing, but he keeps experiencing success. Why? Because even in the middle of this change, God is with him. No matter what, God is with him. And we see this same principle. It's all throughout the Bible. In the book of Isaiah, it's in the Old Testament. It's written uh, like years later, a couple hundred years later at least, uh, than the story of Joseph. But Isaiah is a prophet, which means he just hears from God and he kind of says this. This is what he says to the nation of Judah, Isaiah 43.2. It's a really powerful scripture. It says this, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. It's God basically saying, like, man, no matter what happens, no matter how bad your life may feel, no matter what change takes place in your life, I will never abandon you. My love towards you will never fail, and it will never leave you. And here's what's cool to me. Here's, like, why this matters. This is kind of why we're talking about it. That ver that's a story that's, like, thousands of years ago. Then we just read a verse, and it was for, like, the nation of Judah also thousands of years ago. Why does it matter? Because it actually impacts us today. Jesus, he reaffirmed this for Christians today. If you're following Jesus, he's saying that this still applies to you. Here's what Jesus says, John 16, He says, I've told you all this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. But take heart. Does anyone ever, like, say that? Do you ever, like, hey, take heart? You ever say that? Like, you're, <laughs> like, you guys are, like, playing around a Fortnite and, like, your friend died. Like, oh, he's, like, 91st place. Like, hey, uh, just take heart, man. It's going to be all right. Like, did anyone say that? Is that you? No? Okay. Yeah, nobody really says that. All right. But, that, but the word that's there in the Bible, like, the original word, take heart, that's actually where we get the word for encourage. So what do you do when you encourage somebody? You, like, you cheer them up and you, like, support them and you let them know that you believe in them, right? So you kind of can encourage somebody else. Maybe you've never really thought about like encouraging yourself before, like, but that's kind of what Jesus is saying, like, hey, take heart, like, kind of like encourage yourself in this truth. Remind yourself 
of what you know. And so how can you take heart? How can you encourage yourself? It's like, like we said, number one is like reminding yourself of what you know. In the story that we read, in the verses that we just read, we just talked about how God is with you. Your story isn't over. How Jesus overcame death and how Jesus can help you get through anything. That's like what we just read. So, so taking heart, it's like kind of just remembering that. Remind yourself of what's true, what, what you know about God. Maybe to remind yourself of, of kind of what we're talking about, that no matter what God is with you, maybe involves just like memorizing like a scripture. Like even this, this passage that we just read, John 16, 33, like I, I have that memorized. Like that's like a passage to me that I always, I'll, I'll remember that the rest of my life. Maybe like that's something that you can do is remind yourself that man, no matter what God is with me. And the second thing is like to live, live like it's true. I mean, uh, one, some of the, one of the small group questions, I don't know, I guess it def- depends on how we do it tonight, but like we're going to talk about that, man. How can you remind yourself that God is with you no matter what? Like we'll kind of talk about that in small group. But then another question is like, what would happen if you, if you lived that, like that? What would happen if you lived knowing like, man, God is with me? Not just like, oh, how can I remind myself? But what would happen if I actually like lived like I believed that? And so, man, Jesus says, take heart. I've overcome the world. Like even though your life is subject to change, no matter what, God is with you, and that is powerful. You can choose to live as if God is with you right now. Trust in God, it's not about how you feel, it's about what you do. So no matter what circumstance that you're in right now, if you're experiencing change, like, again, when we experience change, it feels like an epic fail. Sometimes it feels like it's final, like it's stuck this way. This is how it is. It's like my stupid pancake. Like, I can't fix it. I'm embarrassed now. I just got to hand Rebecca this dumb pancake. Like, sometimes that's like how change can feel in our life. It feels like it's final, but no matter how you feel, no matter what change you're going through, you can choose to trust in God. That's what's wonderful is, is what we read today. It doesn't matter how you feel. I'm sure Joseph didn't feel like God was with him. He got sold into slavery and then went to prison. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really sound like God's perfect plan for your life, but it didn't matter how he felt. He chose to trust in God and we'll continue Joseph's story. It continues. If you know it, it's really crazy, man. Like, it just keeps going, and it keeps changing. His life keeps changing, but he discovers that God is still with him. And so we'll keep talking about it over the next couple of weeks. And here's the last thing I'll say as we close up. Like, even if you're here today and maybe, like, you don't feel like your life's spiraling out of control or, like, there's nothing that's, like, changed that you're like, oh, that's really crazy. I was like, hey, if you, if you ever had an epic fail moment, maybe you're like, oh, I, didn't, I can't really think of one right now. Hey, if that's you, like, that's great. If, if you're like, ah, my life's gone okay right now. I don't feel like, you know, God's nowhere. Like, uh, everything's good. The truth is that there's people around you who are going through stuff that you may not even have any idea what they're going through. And so the truth of tonight, like, this is like your walkway point. No matter what, God is with you. I hope that you never forget that, man, and that you can learn to take heart. You can learn to encourage yourself in that truth. And so that's your walkway point tonight. No matter what, God is with you. No matter what, God is with you. How about this? Let's say it together, and then we'll wrap up. We'll go to small groups. Does it sound like a plan? Can you say it together? Okay, all right, I'll count to three. One, two, three. No matter what, God is with you. Let's try it again. Sorry, I guess it was a little fast. Sorry, okay. One, three, two, one. No matter what, God is with you. Awesome. Okay. Hey, I hope that you guys remember. I believe that that truth can change your life. And I think it's just a matter of reminding yourself that it's true and keeping it in front of you. Like I said, memorize the scripture verse, whatever. We'll talk about it in small group. So let me, uh, let me pray for you. So God, we're so thankful, uh, thankful for your word. Thank you for tonight that we can kind of get together, have some fun, even though it's cold outside. 
And uh, some of us have testing, I heard, this week and stuff. But, Lord, it's great that no matter what, God, if we're facing tests, if it's cold outside, God, if we're going through some maybe some serious life changes that we've talked about, things that we feel that are totally out of our control, kind of like Joseph's life, God, no matter what, God, you are with us, God. And maybe even some of us here, hey, man, our, our life's kind of okay right now, and that's awesome. And, God, we can maybe encourage somebody else in that. Man, take heart, because no matter what, God is with you. Thank you so much for that truth, Lord. Thank you that we can always trust you, God, no matter how we feel, no matter what is happening in our life. That's what's so wonderful. We don't have to live by just how we feel. We can live by what we know is true, God, which is that no matter what, God is with us. Be with us the rest of tonight, God, as we talk this out in small groups. In your name, amen.